my brothers and sisters in the Lord. In a little country town, the Catholic Church was sponsoring a Thanksgiving prayer service. And it was going to be an ecumenical service, and so the priest invited the three local pastors of the other Christian denominations to participate in this Thanksgiving service in order to thank God for all the blessings received upon the community. And so it was Thanksgiving morning, and the three individuals, the three pastors from the other churches had arrived, and they were about to begin the service. And before the entrance hymn was sung, the pastor, the Catholic priest, realized that he didn't have enough chairs in the sanctuary for the other three individuals. And so he spoke to one of the gentlemen in the congregation. It was an older gentleman. I like to call them my geriatric altar boys. It was an older gentleman. And he told him that I need you to place three additional chairs in the sanctuary for these three pastors. Now there's only one problem. Because he was older, he was also hard of hearing. And so the gentleman said back to the priest, what did you say? He said, I need you to place three chairs in the sanctuary for the pastors. And once again, what did you say? I need you to place three chairs in the sanctuary for the Protestants. And so the man just kind of shrugged. He said, okay, Father. And so he walked up from the congregation. He came up into the center and he said, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I was told by Father to tell all of you, let us all give three cheers for the Protestants. <laughs> I thought of that little story from the gospel today. Jesus says, at that time, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent them because they do not follow us. Jesus replied, do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. And certainly, my brothers and sisters, we do recognize that we have come a long way in our ecumenical dialogue with other Christian denominations and working together to build the kingdom. But I often think at times, even those of us within the Catholic community, the Catholic Church, oftentimes, instead of working together to build the kingdom, many times we are dividing ourselves. Instead of uniting ourselves in the effort, we're dividing ourselves either by labeling others or by labeling ourselves. You know the labels that are often used, that's a conservative Catholic, that's a liberal Catholic, that's a Latin mass Catholic, that's a charismatic Catholic, and then we can go by our races, that's a Hispanic Catholic and an Anglo-Catholic, and whatever it may be. And yes, my brothers and sisters, we may pray differently. And yes, my brothers and sisters, the way we express our relationship with God may look different, but as Catholics, we are universal. That's what the term Catholic means. It is universal. We're not an either or people. We are both and people. But oftentimes we create our own divisive, divisiveness and our own disunity. And when we do that, my brothers and sisters, it becomes much more difficult to proclaim the message of the gospel. And that's what Jesus was getting at as he was speaking to his disciples. 
Because disciples saw this man, and this man was casting out a demon. But this man didn't belong to our group. Because for the disciples, they thought they had the, the market cornered. I mean, they were the followers of Jesus and all these other people. You know what? You're not part of the club. I don't know what you're trying to do, but you're kind of coming on our turf. And oftentimes, my friends, we can be like that. And that's when Jesus speaks to them. Whoever is not against us is for us or is with us, depending upon the translation. You see, my brothers and sisters, for the disciples, they were simply looking at the 12. And this man did not follow or was part of the group, the club, whatever it is. And oftentimes, my brothers and sisters, we can do the same. Instead of building unity in order to proclaim the kingdom, we're more focused on our disunity rather than what brings us together as followers of Jesus. And that's so very important. Because look at the two examples that Jesus uses in the gospel. The first example that get the disciples all kind of bent out of shape was this man who was casting out a demon. What was that man doing? That man was performing an act of charity. Because whatever that demonic possession was, the person who was possessed was someone who was suffering. And so this individual was performing an act of charity, an act of kindness, in order to relieve the suffering of someone else. Look at the second example. It comes right after. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, you will surely not lose your reward. Now we may say a cup of water, come on Jesus. I can go turn off the, foes, the hose outside and do that. But in Jesus' time, a cup of water was a big act. Because in the Lord's time, it was not very easy to find good, clean, drinkable water. And so that was an act of charity in order to give that cup of water. There was no Kentwood and Abita Springs and all that kind of stuff. It was an act of reaching out beyond oneself for another. You see, my brothers and sisters, as we work together to build the kingdom of God, we may look different, we may pray different, but as we work together to build the kingdom of God, we see that Jesus points out the importance of our acts of charity, our acts of kindness, in reaching out beyond ourselves to someone else who is in need one of the basis of building the kingdom. I remember, true story, a few years ago, I was on a flight leaving here from New Orleans, flying to Newark, New Jersey. And as many of you, you know, on a flight, sometimes you just don't want to talk to people. You know, especially when you're flying by yourself, you just want some quiet time. And I have to admit, it was like a 6.30 flight out of New Orleans, and I just wanted some quiet time, but often people see the collar and they want to talk. <laughs> and okay, that's what I'm there for. That's the Lord's business. It's the Lord's work. And so this individual began to speak to me, and she was a woman, and we began our conversation. Then she began to tell me a story, which has always stuck with me. 
She said a few years before that, she was on a flight. And it was actually the first time she had ever flown. And the reason why she was on the flight is she was flying from New Orleans to Phoenix because her father lived in Phoenix. And she received a telephone call that morning from the hospital saying that her father was dying. He had a, I believe it was a massive heart attack and it didn't look good. She needed to get there as soon as possible. Her mother had already passed. There was no other family in Phoenix. So the father was there in the hospital by himself. And so she got on the first flight that she could get out of New Orleans to Phoenix. And as the flight was on the tarmac, before they tell you, you know, shut off your cell phones and other electronic devices, the phone rings. And it is the doctor from the hospital. And the doctor says, I'm sorry, your father has died. Now here's this woman on this flight for the first time, even flying, going to Phoenix to be with her father who is dying, just receives a call that her father died. And for the next three hours or so, whatever that flight was, and all she could think about as she sat on that plane. And as she got off the plane, she said she got off, and then she went into the little area as you disembarked from the plane, and she found the nearest wall in that airport in Phoenix, and she sat down by that wall, and she just cried. She said, I sat there at that wall and probably for two hours, all I did was cry. And you know what, Father? In those two hours, not one person stopped to see if I was okay. Not one person stopped to check on me. Not one person asked if there was anything wrong. My brothers and sisters, I often think about that because so many times we go about our lives and we go about our things and we go about our business and all the things that we have to do and we don't recognize the person who may need us is sitting right there. Because I have better things to do. I'm on a schedule. I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss that. And here was this woman who needed someone just to have an act of kindness, an act of charity, but didn't receive it. You see, my friends, that's the basis of building the kingdom. Because if we want to bring others closer to Christ, if we truly want to be disciples of the Lord, if we truly want to spread the good news, then you and I should know that for many people, the first time they're going to experience the Lord is through you or through me. And oftentimes it's through you. Because if they're not here in church, they may not even see me. But you go out into the world in various parts. And so for the first time for many people to experience Jesus, it's not because they're going to just happen to say, let me open the Bible and read. Or look at that, the catechism on the bookshelf. I think I'm going to buy that book and start reading it. Oftentimes that first encounter is an encounter with each of us and how we witness to the good news. And oftentimes our witness is to those wonderful acts of charity and love. You know the famous passage from St. Paul that's often read at weddings from the Corinthians about love that we hear a lot, that we often hear so much that it doesn't mean anything. Someone did a little reworking of that passage from modern times, and I just want to read you what they wrote. I quote, I may have a good income, a beautiful home and an expensive car. But if I'm not kind and loving and generous and sharing them, 
I don't make a difference in this world. I may have great success in my business or profession. I may have power and influence over many people, but if I don't treat people with charity and kindness, I am a failure. Kindness is love in action. Kindness is the pebble in the pond whose ripples can change the world. Having the faith to move mountains is great. Having hope in bleak circumstances is wonderful. But deeds of loving charity and kindness transform lives and last forever. I may have many wonderful qualities in my life, but without charity, without kindness, and without love, they are not. You see, my brothers and sisters, as we work together to build the kingdom, maybe all it takes for us to touch someone is a cup of cold water. Maybe all it takes is us to reach out to someone who we see is in need. And in doing so, we are building the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus is getting to the foundation of in the gospel today. May all that we do, my friends, be for God's greater honor and glory. And may we recognize that as disciples of the Lord Jesus, the only way that some people may ever experience God this day is through you and through me, that first experience. Do they see those acts of charity and love? Or do they experience, as being, experience us as being so indifferent, so unconcerned, that they have to ask themselves, is this really what it means to be a Christian?